world is full of strange unknowns. Oddities abound. Secrets and cover-ups are everywhere. Ghosts, spirits, cryptids, and all creatures of the night are waiting to give you a fright. Fear not. Through light and fire we will expose them to the light. Welcome to the Dragon's Nest. Here is your host, Will Lindsay. Hey everybody out there in podcast land, welcome to the Dragon's Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Will, and as always sitting with me is the lovely Karen. How are you doing tonight, Karen? I'm doing great. Well, guess what? We have a guest tonight. He is an author of two works of fiction, one called The White Room, and one is currently available for pre-order. It is entitled Three Short Stories Based on Dreams, and a non-fiction work titled Presidium. He's a teacher, a YouTuber, a blogger, a witch, and a ceremonial magician. Welcome to the Dragon's Nest, Austin Shippy. Thank you very much for that welcome. You summed it up very nicely, better than I could have. <laughs> so Austin, let's let's just get right to the meat. Um, everybody is wondering, you know, the first thing they probably heard out of all those things we just said, they, they've overlooked the fact that you were an author, <laughs> they overlooked the fact that you were a teacher, and, and they went witch. All right, so tell us, what is witchcraft today to you? I'm glad they look at witch first, in a way. Sometimes, <laughs> a lot of the time I'm like in my day-to-day life, Walmart or going to a bar or something, not so much anymore with the coronavirus, but um, right, right. in my day-to-day life, usually you say witch and people make no reaction and then they pretend it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> you didn't say it. So I like when people um, are interested in my craft because it's a super important part of my life. Um, and that's why I feel the need to uh, use my art to share my perspective on things with people because um, I want to hear what they have to say about it. And I want them to hear what I have to say about it. Well, I, I know um, that you, you blog um, all the time. You are, uh, you have some teaching lessons on YouTube. Um, I try to do everything. And I've also seen on your website, which is austinshippy.com, which is S-H-I-P-P-E-Y.com, um, that you also offer a class in ceremonial magic, which we, we can talk about that later. I don't want to jump from witchcraft to ceremonial magic. Those are two completely <laughs> yeah. different things. But uh, you you are exposing yourself and, and trying to uh, educate people who would be interested. You're kind of the, once were the seeker, and now you're the uh, kind of the teacher. So you're yeah. you're opening yourself up for people who are kind of lost and looking who don't, you know, when I was growing up, resources, because I've, I've read tarot for a long time. Um, but the first book I got my hands on was Scott Cunningham. Um, oh, yeah. So that was one of my first. And I think that's kind of everybody's first because it's the most widely, easily found one book of them, that yeah. you can find. Um, yeah, and, you can and, find it at the Dollar Tree sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> right. yes. Uh, and so those are the, f- the first uh, exposures that Anybody gets usually to uh, Wicca, witchcraft, which I know there's two different things and we're not going (laughs) to, I mean, you can if you want to, but the fact of the matter is, is, and I think you'll agree, uh, you can be a witch, but not a Wiccan and a Wiccan and a witch. Yeah. Well, you can be anything you set your mind to these days. That's true. um, That's true. I think the truth kind of shines through history and uh, everything else falls away. And when you look back through history, that's not what witchcraft is. It's not paperback books of um little trinkets and keeping charms next to your heart and liking tv shows that have witches in them <laughs> correct it's uh <laughs> even though those are good let's not downplay them 
<laughs> so if you were to hop into a time machine and travel back several hundred years, it would be a different world. Um, witchcraft was at one, a, a constant danger, a constant threat mm -hmm. to the uh, Christian society. Correct. Many and people two died that way. A type, yeah. Two, um, a hysteria, and three, then the the shown necessity for secrecy for people who did not believe in Christianity, in a sense, who were outside of society, or who were carrying on something older. So witchcraft is, in a sense, a pocket or a bubble in time that is not a part of our regular timeline, in a sense. So J.K. Rowling, I think she's brilliant because somehow she saw what witchcraft actually was through all the mess. Mm -hmm. And she wrote it as people holding a secret society, basically, and having a different world. And she made that okay. Suddenly that was cool. <laughs> no, Austin, so that's amazing. I had, and now we're here and here now. In 2020. Yeah. So Austin, I had seen one of your videos on where you had discussed a little bit about this on actually the the witch trials, the, you know, where many witches were slaughtered. And some of them, I mean, were not even witches. I mean, let's just mm -hmm. throw that out there. But some of them were burned, some were hanged. And it wasn't the fact, uh, it, you, you said it very nicely in your video, and I'll let you say it again, but essentially they weren't burned at the stake or they weren't hung for doing magic it was mm -hmm. a simple it was the simplistic thing of just not being the what's the word i'm looking for just the christian stereotypical you know the stereotypical christian um and their mm -hmm. views it was similar christian. to like nazi germany right it was um viewing people as less and trying to exterminate them it's that vicious part of humanity that looks at the strange unknown and tries to kill it instead of understand it. What? So that can be heightened up in time. And it's shown that it has. And that's scary. Scarier than any rituals that you could do out in the woods. Absolutely. <laughs> that's the real evil. One aspect of um, one of your videos that you were talking about these things was when you were talking about cunning folk. And I thought it was mm -hmm. very interesting that cunning folk were um, not really persecuted. They were kind of overlooked, even though they did many of the things that witches were accused of. They did it in a Christian light and they were overlooked because they helped when uh, someone thought they were cursed or when someone, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and so I kind of, it, um, it was an interesting about popularity in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you can apply it to our world right now. Um, some cunning folk were persecuted, but like a lot of things went into people being persecuted back then for strange crimes. So like, yeah, that's bound to happen. But the majority of society saw cunning folk as okay and even good. Like they were not uh, working for the church, but they were working for the same God. So they were okay. They were a right. part of the system. But anyone who was suspected of falling outside of the system, whether that be uh, people of a different race or religion or women who held less power or anyone in society who held less power, they were easy targets. So they, they were exterminated in a sense. And... So you can look at them killing Jews, lepers, Muslims in English society, Correct. ancient old English society. And um, then comes the witches. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who are they? And you look deep into it and you realize they're talking about shamanic trance practices from pre-Christian Europe. And there you have it. 
And we can see that in Italy as well. Uh, small cults, little pockets of people who held on to old beliefs. Sometimes they were even uh, translated into Christian language, but containing the old shamanistic beliefs, such as the Key of Solomon. Correct. Uh, so these things have survived, and the Christian church has always said they're evil. People still today believe it. So, That's why the occult is scary. It's just the unknown. Which is exactly what it means. Yeah. So also I'm going to bring a little bit of light here, but um, I saw in one of your Instagram pictures that you are a fan of Wizard of Oz. So I'm going to ask you, are you a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a good witch. I try to do good and I try to actually impact the world in a good way. Ever since I was a kid, I've been super intent on trying to um, basically walk like a holy man, like Jesus. And um, suddenly it, I took it off into a different realm. And I believe I found some very true mysteries so far. So, but um, I just felt like I always needed to walk like this. I love that. That's amazing. Try to be holy. I mean, of course, we're, you know, typically uh, we deal a lot with paranormal um I've done a lot of like ghost hunting and um, dealt with a lot of paranormal in my life and things. So I'm going to kind of bring it around to that for just a moment, because I'd like to know your opinion on this. And mm -hmm. in, in so many um, like hauntings and paranormal things that happen, all of a sudden you'll get like some house out on, um, you know, <laughs> some, you know, 1880s house that's been haunted for years and things like that. And they're like, oh, well, we know witches lived here once. And I always hate that because they want to blame. In America? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that so many oh, times. Oh, on the East where... Coast, maybe? Yes. Who knows? Yeah. And so it's kind of like the, I'm like, really? The mythology, legend, yeah. folklore. So it's like, really, yeah. really? You're blaming the witches on <laughs> <laughs> You're haunting. Come on now. <laughs> well, in uh, I think witches do sometimes cause a little a little bit of hauntings, okay. but we usually know how to clean it up. Which I think you um, talk about when you're talking about your um, evocation and banishing, right? If you don't banish correctly yeah. at the end of your rituals, then you can that's, leave residuals. That's one of the basic sciences of magic. So, what would be your, what would be your advice to, let's say, you know, an upcoming witch who's practicing and things like that i mean i'm i'm sure it's you know it, it would be scary to think that somebody could attach themselves yeah attach themselves or oh, have yeah. something you know that they couldn't it, handle <clears throat> my whole life i've seen people make bad decisions and fail so it's not a surprise to me that people do in magic but uh the thing with magic that that keeps you safe is it has to be operating from uh the opposite place of your daily reality, the opposite place of your of what the books say and what the internet says and what people try to say. It comes through the subconscious to the conscious. It is channeled through it, it's channeled into the subconscious from an external source, coded, and that's how it's translated. I forgot how I got there. I was just in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Basically, you know, there's there's rules and uh, like the ceremonial magic, for example, and we keep jumping back to ceremonial magic, but there's these um, uh, encodings of rules that are built in with purification. Mm. And, and before you even oh, yeah. get to invoking, 
you know, you have to build the safety mechanisms, the temple or whatever you want to call it before mm-hmm. you even begin That's... to uh, to work your magic, because otherwise you're doomed to fail and possibly have an attachment because you did it improperly. Would you agree with mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And uh, the people who wrote those books and guidelines were not writing it like a newspaper reporter. Oh, they were writing it from the position of monks or people who actually truly believed it and practiced it. And when they did the rituals, they got a chill up their spine and something weird happened. Those are the people who write down the details. And so when you get into the occult or magic, or even I'm sure with any religion, you start to understand the system, the cosmology, and you can uh, write understanding every detail where it kind of fits in. um, If you have a full landscape of the uh, study in your head. So that that's what the magician is someone who's built a full landscape of the mystical paranormal powers that humans have tried to attain throughout history so let me ask you a question so when you first got introduced to something more than say scott cunningham's living wicca okay Mm -hmm. you were introduced to an an alexandrian coven correct Mm -hmm. eventually and uh how long did it take you to get to that point? How long did you, were uh, you a solo practitioner before you found uh, your initiate in the Alexandrian? I was never a solo practitioner because as soon as I started, I started working with others who were friends also interested in it. And I did that from the age of 17 to 20. And it was always small groups, but we would, we learned a lot. And I, I learned a lot from that about energy and, um, it still needed to be expanded for sure. And um, I wanted more. And so I looked at where is the, uh, where is where is any sort of light shining from? And one of the only ones I saw was the Alexandrian tradition and the New Orleans coven. And you do Hexfest there a lot. So you, you go there and you oh, teach, yeah. which is someplace we've been trying to get to for years, but we haven't got to go yet, but we're going to get there. Oh yeah. Probably Definitely. not this year. No, it's, it's probably going to get canceled this Amazing. year, my, my uh, assumption would be, uh, due to the quarantine, but who knows? Maybe it won't be. I didn't realize, like, the first couple of years going to Hexfest, how actually freaking cool it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. It's an awesome experience. Well, that brought me to another point that I heard you talk about, too. Kind of like Hexfest, but, like, the very first thing you got to do is the psychic festivals. So Yeah, psychic fairs. And we've been going to psychic festivals here for like every year. There's a big one here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, It's called the Victory of Light. They do it twice a year, uh, April and November. And it's, you know, it has a whole um, convention center full of people. Thousands and thousands of people come to it. It's it's very nice. Um, Over the years, though, they've kind of been more uh, mediums and tarot readers and kind of lost the the booksellers and the like you know all the odds and ends that kind of like was the reason that got me drawn in they're not i mean everybody wants the tarot readers and stuff like the that, variety but the variety so they've kind of lost that but they've always had classes yeah and the classes for the most part are always free with your ticket and you get some very interesting people who stand up and talk and and give you oh, an opportunity yeah. to I remember that and so that's very nice and um i, I feel like uh, you know those are things that people who are like you said, you kind of felt when you walked into it for the first time, at least I heard you say it, and I think I believe it as well for myself, the first time I went to one, it was like the first time that my brain kind of just opened up. It was like, wow, yeah. there's, there's these people here. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's I'm suddenly like you're in a crazy, water you know? balloon fight Correct. knowledge. Correct. Right. <laughs> and it's just, a, it's a great experience. And 
people from all faiths go there. So it's not like, you know, it's not like it's just, you know, it's everybody. Thing. It is, exactly. It's, the Baptist churches where everyone is fake and smiles at each other and <laughs> greets each other. Those are not the real spiritual places. The real spiritual places are the are not accepted by most of society, by average society. So Austin, since you brought it up, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a little bit of the dark side for just a moment. But um, great, I'm ready. <laughs> is there's got to be haters as much as there are people who love you. There's got to be people who don't. And um, witchcraft has been, you know, the witches have been hated forever. So are you still always are been? You, are you still dealing with that? Uh, well, witches have always been controversial. You, it's not the type of person to become a witch that is peaceful and pleases everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably the opposite type of person. Um, I feel, I feel it's like the in people who want it's to, better though. Don't you? What do you mean? Like, in, you know, okay. So, all right. So I graduated high school in 1993. So I'm telling you I'm, I'm an old guy. I'm well, not really, I'm 45. <laughs> but when in 1993, I left uh, Cincinnati and went to Denver, Colorado. I went to school out there for a year. There was a place called Isis Books, which was probably the first place I got to go that actually was a full store. It's a great store, great place, great people. I'm not sure if it's still open or not um, because it's been years since I was there, but it was a huge, huge place. I mean, biggest occult store I've been in, except for outside of like uh, Salem, Massachusetts. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, where was we going with this? What were we talking about? (laughs) Just the um, overall like... The haters. Oh, the haters. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, when I left here in the Bible Belt, which, you know, Cincinnati at that time was very, not that they're not less prudent now, but as Mark Twain used to say, uh, Cincinnati is 20 years behind the rest of the country. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there know. goes, there goes half our listeners. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, everybody knows it. It's a fact. Uh, but, you know, you went out there and it was a little more open and a little more accepting, but not quite. But now in 2020, I feel like everywhere I look, there are people of these alternate uh, of the face. I feel like it's opening up versus mm-hmm. closing down. So I feel like it's more open today in 2020. Not that there's less prosecution or persecution, yeah. rather, but that it's just more open and easier to find people. Well, I think that's... I where, think... Sorry, sorry, sorry. go ahead. Because <laughs> I was just going to say that I, that's where I was going with it, that I felt like I wanted to know like what your experience has been because you are, you know, you're much younger than we are. You're, you're come, you know, you've accomplished so much with your, you know, with the books and the websites and things like that. You've, I just can't imagine that you haven't dealt with at least a few of, you know, repent now and save your. Oh, you know, those kind of haters. Yeah, those kind of things. There's been all sorts of people who have hated me my whole life. Like I've lost friends so many times in in my like grade school even because I stood up for what I believed in what I believe to be right. My mom is kind of the same way. People hate us for it because we don't uh, just accept. Yeah, you're not status quo. We are not afraid to be outside of the status quo if we believe it is the right thing. Wrong or right. Which is good. That's how everyone should be. You should approach life and doing well, yeah, what's but right. It's but... harder to live that way. Oh, it is. It's a lot more effort. <laughs> Absolutely. But um uh so when I got into the spiritual community the people at the psychic fairs loved me they were all so sweet it was a lot of moms and i was the uh, adorable young psychic <laughs> there. um and uh but there were some people who just seemed to look at me and like they were untrusting maybe they had something in their head that i was scary and i kind of am but not evil um 
then when I got onto the internet, I started going on forums and groups talking about witchcraft and Wicca because uh, I was studying a ton of, of it. I was practicing it. So I had some things to say. And I realized very quickly that if you have opinions online, don't say them. <laughs> dance, dance around them and encourage everyone else and slightly say maybe your opinion could be true. But don't ever say it as a fact because that's offensive. That um, The can of worms. People take it as a, a personal attack when you prove them wrong. And I, I try to prove people wrong. So <laughs> I people who know me in real life know that I'm genuinely a very sweet person trying to do the good thing. But people online, they see me as um, they're not in my life. They haven't seen any of my life. So unless they actually delve in, I'm not spelling it out to everyone. I'm not making it easy for them. So yeah, I've had haters. I still have them. Christian haters. Um, it, but most of my haters are in the uh, like witchcraft community. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> now, why yeah. is that? I was going to say but that. also that's interesting. <laughs> a lot of my supporters. Oh, because um, I have opinions. Which, which kind of opinions? Which ones do you think are the worst? Which one do you think oh, really no, gets under people's nothing, skin? Uh, probably that in order to learn witchcraft, you should find a teacher and be initiated. Oh, okay. I was, I was waiting for uh, something also, way worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, also, another one is that I believe witchcraft is um, a historical ongoing phenomenon that people are still living in. So uh, it's not casting spells. It's not just um, a genre. It's not just a focus. Witchcraft is the witch cult alive in the world. So a lot of people want witchcraft to be magic because they cast spells and they say, that's what we call witchcraft today. Um, but it never was called that before. People could cast spells in any society and they'd be called just a mystical person, a spellcaster. Many words for that. But a witch is... A witch is close to the earth. A witch is a wise person who uh, carries the mysteries. Speaking of and that, it's that's May in a Day. Form of power. It's May Day, so happy May Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beltane. Happy May Day. Well, Pergus Night tonight. Apparently, people are doing uh, naughty things. Uh oh. <laughs> are you going to do that as soon as you get off the podcast? <laughs> I'm not sure what I'll do. So, Austin, in. Here you are growing up and is it, and, and it, you know, it was there just one magical day of, you know, suddenly you're like, I, I want to be a witch or was this something you were raised in believing or is this something you just happened to find like or a, a revelation? Yes. I was searching for spirituality. Um, I was atheistic all through high school and I don't blame myself for how horrible I had it back then. Um, but I, I remember, um, seeing, uh, like, uh, I read a book about Buddhism and I was watching things about spirituality and I saw Courtney Love on YouTube say that she'd never believed in religion and then she started chanting Hare Krishna or something and uh, suddenly things started changing for her. And um, what's funny and well, all through the time I was an atheist, I also practiced the law of attraction like an oh. OCD tick, but like chosen because I really saw the results being able to have control over my life through discipline of thought. And so when I learned about witchcraft, suddenly there were people who had the abilities that I have always had and the drive and desire for empowering those abilities that I always had. And they made things happen. 
amazing things. People don't give uh, Alex, Maxine, Gerald, Doreen, all, all these old figures in British traditional craft when it came when it became public, they don't give them enough credit. These are people who have changed the world. Their pictures are in books. Uh, they're important. They did something. So that inspired me. And I it it didn't ever feel to me like I came home. It felt like the world I was in was not the same one that everyone around me was in. And when I met the witches, I entered into the correct world. Absolutely. So it was just that feeling of like, I'm home kind of thing. It was a feeling that I was finally connected to my timeline, I guess. And like a, a lot of witchcraft is seeing time as uh, ever flowing cycles, ever continuing cycles. Hence the um, serpent, uh, the tail and the serpent's mouth. Yeah. Right? Never ending. The spiral dance. Correct. Circle dance. So those people uh, that you just mentioned that uh, were influential to not only you, but the world, uh, Maxine and Gerald. The, uh, just for our listeners, those people are uh, Gerald Gardner and um, of the Gardnerian tradition, and Maxine and oh, I forgot what, what's the other guy's name. Alex. Alex Maxine and Alexander of the Alexandrian condition, uh, not condition, but <laughs> tradition. <laughs> uh, uh, so you know they basically formed two. I wouldn't say they're. Would you say they're distinct? They're somewhat distinct, I guess, but they're they're definitely different forms of of uh, witchcraft and uh, they were like you said they were instrumental in the movement that uh, revolutionized where everyone's at today uh, what what do you think is the difference between the, the true differences like if you had to pick out a few key differences between gardenarian and alexandrian what would you say the differences are of those two traditions one of the big notable things is that um before the alexandrians really started blossoming uh witchcraft was a pursuit of like the wealthy elite occultists. Uh, and those were the type of houses it was being practiced in. Um, when Alex got it, he took it to the opposite, the kind of the underbelly of London. <laughs> it's kind of the underbelly of England. Um, the strange psychic people who didn't really fit into the timeline. And so it was chaos and um, the Gardnerians didn't like it. So the, the they split, went different ways in a, in a sense put a divide up which is what witches are allowed to do you can uh cast your circle however you want you can have whoever you want in it whoever you want out of it people can set their boundaries um so alex and maxine set their boundaries and then they changed uh several details that are mostly symbolism because they wanted the uh spirit of the tradition to more align with the ideals of the future uh, and in their in their opinion, their view of it. Um, and Gardnerian was already a thing going on. They didn't ever have that type of uh, purposeful reinvention, renaming, re splitting off. So uh, there's a lot of complexity in the traditions today. But Alex and Maxine and Gerald Gardner, uh, the traditions that they founded, they're the same religion. It's the same cult. It's the same art. Just the but, people um, are different. The people are different, yeah. And they're both alive. It's not written in stone. It's still a living divide, um, in a sense, because people choose what they're drawn to. And a, a you good way see to put it, it, kind of as it's a living tradition versus small town. Right. Within the whole art of witchcraft is a living craft. Would you agree? Yeah, mm -hmm. it always has been. And that's what a tradition means. It's alive, ongoing. Not that it's written down somewhere and that's the guidelines. It's a living thing. I believe it's been living for a long time. Some people could call me crazy, but um, 
Well, there's. I, I think would, there have I always totally been people doing this. I agree with you. Like, I mean, even in, like you were talking about Italy earlier, the Strega. I mean, obviously they were practicing and just passing it down lineage and passing it down from their children, and and it was never written down. So it just was very secret. And obviously, you know, the mm-hmm. home of Rome. Nobody wants to let anyone know that you're a witch in Rome because Lord forbid. Uh, so obviously that was something that they had to just keep passing down quietly and secretly. And eventually it made its way back out. Yeah. And then you've had the Aleister Crawleys of the world. And, and, you know, like you said, the elite, the rich of the world, they've always had the secrets and they've kept their secret societies. And some of those um, spells and ceremonies were always there as well. And they, they managed to find their way out in time. Mm -hmm. There are as many groups and secret societies as there are, uh, Subway sandwich combination. <laughs> <laughs> people don't believe it, but uh, if people ventured outside of their suburban neighborhoods, they would see it. Yes, and it's up to the powerful people in the world to keep everyone in check. We're we're all alive, and there are systems that are bigger than just um, an individual or a small corporation. There are um, there are groups that are powerful, and but there as for as many groups as there are that are powerful, there are as many other groups that are powerful and doing the opposite thing. So it's up to the powerful people in the world to keep it all in check. Uh, when you get into these big um, big histories and big systems, it's a lot larger than people don't realize. They think it's like a set of books. It's a lot larger than that. Correct. It's libraries of information that people yeah. keep either to themselves, some keep it in books, but mostly it's just passed down, um, like the Freemasons, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you, it is easy to pass down in this type of culture because you can't teach magic any other way. It has to be awakened and nurtured. So you have to continually, uh, students are continually learning, teachers are continually learning. You don't write it down and give it to someone. You just say it. <laughs> exactly. And you hope everyone gets the information. <laughs> And gets it That's right. what it's like. People don't realize that. It's the only reason I uh, bring it up. It's is because um, I don't like that people are making the occult and these and witchcraft societies basically into a joke. We need to be more mature in this society and realize it's not a con- strange conspiracy theory. It's not a joke. It's not a, like a fun social club. It's real groups like we've always had in in humanity. Correct. It's real, like the Freemasons and uh, even the the old Freemasons, the original Freemasons, and even like the rebellious Freemasons, like the founding father Freemasons. Yes. It's uh, it can have the spirit of that. All of these groups can have the spirit of that. So let's talk about speaking of like Freemasonry and some of these older, like the OTO and these traditions that uh, you know the secret societies you're talking about. They're everywhere. Like I know the OTO has locations in just about every state. So in some form or fashion. And that's that's true ceremonial magic is what they're practicing. Most people, when they think of ceremonial ceremonial magic, they automatically think back to the Golden Dawn, Israel Regarde, uh, Aleister Crowley, the Thoth, you know, all those things that um, have come from those famous people from the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were so many more people. There's been, you know, those were just the... Uh, oh, yeah. Those well, were just I think the, those people were smart in that they set up their systems, their rituals, everything in um, a very academic. Yes. um, They were the first to kind of do that. Scholarly, mathematical, very male. Uh, It was what the upper class men wanted to 
do to expand their brains and and women but it was like it's kind of a boys club that's the yeah that's what it was <laughs> that's what it started as um but ceremonies magical ceremonies that cause some sort of profound change have always been going on and if you got a few people and sent them out in the woods and told them make ceremonies and came back in three weeks they'd have some ceremonies that would express some pretty profound things it's in our dna so it's not only the uh traditions it's um the the golden dawn and alistair crowley are very refined well-written ways to bring about these uh divine or otherworldly influences so how did you get how did your um how did your path lead you to ceremonial magic because huh. <laughs> i mean you know I, I, I'm very fluid, like, uh, and I'm assuming you're very fluid. So once you get on a path, you seek more knowledge and you keep going down that yeah. road of knowledge and then things get opened up. One book mentions this book, then you read that book. And then all of a sudden there's these 10 other books that you've never heard of before. And they're yeah. like eye opening. Uh, well, it didn't really unfold in the beginning. It wasn't until, um, after I got initiated that I actually became like the stereotypical young male occultist. I, before that, um, I read those books in a way I don't think people would read them. I don't, the normal people wouldn't read them that way. <laughs> and uh, I was, um, that was when I was doing psychic fairs, talking to psychics all the time, um, having psychic experiences every day, studying that and growing it. And books like The Key of Solomon just made sense. And so I can, get stuck in the material world with all of its um, fast food and gas stations. <laughs> um, but then I can also open up the key of Solomon and think like someone hundreds of years ago would think. And that is time travel through simple words on a piece of paper. So that's what really got me into ceremonial magic was the books. Which it's kind of funny that saying. you mentioned those books because I would think that being someone who's actually read some of those books, it's not a, a light read by any stretch of the imagination. I would say that no, most people no. who would pick that <laughs> no, up no, would no. go, I have no idea what I just read. And I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those people who have picked up those books and been like, I, yeah, no, I, I got nothing out of this. So yeah. if you picked it up and then you like, it just made sense to you, clearly you were meant to read that book. That's kind of what yeah. I think. Well, I'd be really interested in, um, like, I uh, working with uh, pupils on Key of Solomon stuff in more detail because I'd love to hear uh, how it how the book sounds to regular mortals. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, it's very strange. It is kind of like it's not a feeling of coming home for me, but it is probably the same thing. It's um, a feeling that I can step into. The correctly arranged universe. Correct. So Austin, I wanted to actually bring up your book, and I'm probably going to slaughter the name of it, and I apologize ahead of time. Presidium? Did I say it right? Yes, that's it. <laughs> so I'm reading online, Presidium means defense, protection, and aid when translated from Latin. And it says yeah. that your book, you'll find rituals, spells, charms, prayers, methods, which spark the imagination and tap into the power of the mind. It is talking about that this is your personal material from your personal grimoire. 
in that it essentially teaches clay images, uh, protective circles, candle spells, protective charms, cleansing, binding, and just a ton of things. And it also says, essentially, <laughs> towards the end, it says, for the average person, this is probably the only book you're going to need on protection and recovery from magical harm. So, um, for sure, I we do have um, your book in front of us. <laughs> and oh, yeah, this is read it to Phil. <laughs> so, I mean, looking at it, it is, I mean, it's, it's, very easy to read. It's, um, it, I mean, I, I really love this book for someone who, as I just admitted, Aww. can pick up, you know, some of the other books and go, uh, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. And so Thank I, you I picked up that. yours and I mean, it's very easy to read. I can understand it. And I mean, it's got a lot of great information. Um, I think I heard you say on, uh, I think it was one of the HexFest videos that you were speaking at, you once said, some people have to say, you know, they'll say what they want to say in an essay, and I choose to say it in a paragraph. And <laughs> I don't remember why I was saying that, but yeah, that's true. And I kind of feel like, you know, this book is is that. Rather than trying to oh, give yeah, me an essay, you tell me a paragraph of, this is why we're yeah. doing it, let's do it, and this is how we're going to do it. That's because I trust myself as a writer and I trust the reader as a reader, but I'm aware that um, it won't work for everyone, well, but true. it is a magical book. The name mm. of the title is a uh, incantation and intention um, is everything. Correct. Mm -hmm. And uh, it even has a, the rabbit on the front. It's a little uh, being that presidium is a grimoire. So it's an overarching ritual. The person who reads that book is not only reading a book, they're going through a process. So for the person who is dealing with negative magic, them going through that book, going through that process, it's going to make some sort of impact because, well, unless I failed, but I don't think I did because it helped people. Correct. It's, I mean, it's, if you're looking for ceremonial magic, this book's not for you, but if you're the, if you're a person who is seeking and looking and searching and, and I, you know, I feel like it's just down to earth, easy to read for I don't want to say the lay person, because maybe the lay person probably shouldn't even, you know, they should be learning <laughs> at this point in their game and, and maybe leave some of these things um, to a teacher to teach them how to do appropriately. But if you're above that, your initiate level, maybe this is a perfect book for you because you can you can uh, put this into practice and use it very easily. Oh, yeah. It'll be simple to um, initiate. So that's what you learn. A lot of that is what you learn. The basic ways of dealing with energy no. and um it's supposed to be easy to read because it's supposed to be um i'm a content creator i'm not so much just a, an author a photographer i'm a, that's what i want to do that's why i'm consistently doing it trying to be a content creator um so when i say things in a paragraph it's because i want that paragraph to be absorbed Correct. say it once and not have to say it again too many words and we've lost you <laughs> yeah so that's how i write and I don't have a very long attention span myself, so I <laughs> write things quick. And Austin, you, um, we talked about at the beginning of the show that you have, um, you have a new book coming out. Yes, which is... short stories based on dreams. Correct. Um, now, are these your dreams, or are you yes. taking into consideration other people's dreams, or you know? No, the only other dream in the book is um, one that my mom and I shared. We had a dream that connected. Oh wow, that's amazing! I love that. Yeah, and. Um, it still blows my mind, still very strange, but um, it's, well, I've been having really crazy dreams for a while, and I've been wanting to be a writer for a while, 
So these are the three, these are the three best pieces of writing I could create, best, best pieces of fiction writing I could create this last several years. So it is um, a really big accomplishment. It's a big culmination of a lot. Um, writing any book is an so, accomplishment. Yes. Yeah, I'm very happy about it. The front half is my dreams that I've had. And the back half is me explaining the paranormal experiences I've had centering around all sorts of aspects of sleep and dreams. And it also tries to um, slap people and screw their head on right in regards to healthy psychology, healthy sleep psychology, etc. Um, and it is uh, it's like the Wizard of Oz. It starts out black and white and it turns to full color. Um, so yeah, I want this one as well as Prisium to be a journey. It's uh, as well an experience. I'm hoping people can do reaction videos of it on YouTube because if people are easily scared, they're going to get spooked by it. I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. And when you're when the book is released and we actually get a copy of it, then we'll give you a call. (laughs) Oh yeah, awesome. I'm imagining people um, because like they're written from my dreams, so a lot of them naturally kind of feel like you're laying in bed. And so if anyone's laying in bed or reclining on a couch reading this book in the night, the lights are off or they're alone, it's going to feel like nightmares are slowly seeping in. I love that. I absolutely love that. (laughs) I want people to respect how powerful dreams are. Yes. Because people in our society don't. People think they're um, like hallucinations, like random hallucinations. But it's because people don't have a relationship with them. They kill off their dream life. And then they have a very base view of what dreams are. But if you delve into it, dreams are a textbook into our minds, into history and our very existence and the higher realms. So I want people to respect the power of dreams. If I scare them with these stories, if they can't imagine themselves waking up from a nightmare like that, good. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Everybody needs a good scare. That's what yeah. I always say. <laughs> I've always loved scary stuff. That's also part of why I became a witch because um I like the idea of going out in the forest and not knowing where the creep out. came from. <laughs> was that a what, what is that? Uh, was that a tree branch? Something break? You see, I've always been the type of person who's felt more comfortable with the spirits than I think I am with the <laughs> the, the alive people. <laughs> yeah. I I feel more comfort sitting in a you know grave you know, sitting next to a grave than I do, you know, sitting in the backyard. So, yeah. well, dead people are less frequently rude. That's very true. Thoughtless and loud. <laughs> They're great listeners. They are great listeners. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always been that way too. When I was like really dealing with some really bad depression, I was sometimes like just trying to float above the earth. And um, I'm not doing that anymore and i'm really appreciative now of the physical world and i'm trying to um enrich my physical world because i've spent so many years in the spirit world mm-hmm. and i've noticed on your and it like, is kind of sad you're you're when you vlog on youtube here lately um you're kind of just being down to earth and speaking and just free-flowing which it, it is, is different yeah. from what you have been doing because typically you yeah I'm glad you noticed that. I was going to say, it is a very different feel. It's a very different you from some of your videos from two and three this years ago the, to the, me now. My friends see. Yeah. These are more the videos my friends see. Um, but I used to, YouTube has changed completely. It used to be like you wanted to have the best video. 
because that would uh, get the most views and be at the top of the search results. Mm -hmm. Now it's you want to be consistently uploading hours and hours of genuine regular content because now people don't want to watch uh, instructional videos or uh, produced videos. They want to just feel like they're sitting next to their friend. Mm -hmm. And I so it took me a while to think of like, how can I even do that? But um, then I just set up the camera and started talking. I can't do it very often because I don't know what to talk about, but I love when I'm able to um, put content out there. And I think it's important um, that you bring up depression because, you know, so many people deal with that, especially here in the pandemic, uh, being Mm -hmm. quarantined. There is a sense of dread in the air that's palpable everywhere you go. I mean, I feel it. Yeah, and mourning. And, you know, everyone is sitting at home feeling this. And I think that sometimes they feel like they're alone. And so it takes someone who's brave enough to say, like you did, hey, I'm I'm also, you know, I suffer from depression. I have ADHD. Uh, you know, these are these are things I suffer from. Mm-hmm. But here's how I overcome it. And this is what I do to overcome it. And mm-hmm. and that gives people an opportunity to maybe figure that out for themselves and see that they're not alone in, in those areas yeah. of life. That's what I really want. Um, This whole time I've been putting content out, I've been basically, more than anything, Rhonda Burns, The Secret Book and Documentary. That's my template. I want to, Mm -hmm. I I know that I've learned things and that I understand things that other people don't. So I want to speak it out into the world in as many ways as I can. And every time I've done that, it has helped people. So I'm not going to stop. It hasn't made me any money, but hopefully it will in the future. You know, with YouTube, but I love it. it you never know I it's going to make creating. you money on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's um, definitely an algorithm and um, a process. Absolutely. And I don't think I could be a YouTuber. <laughs> so I don't know what uh, my next projects will be. We'll keep writing. I was going to say, definitely, yeah. definitely keep at, writing. Yeah. I mean... Just the, I mean, the things that I've read from you, I think they're amazing. And I'm Thank not you. one that likes to read. <laughs> so um, for me to say that it, it is big. And I think that a lot of people will find your books uh, like an easy read. They flow very easily mm-hmm. and you kind of fall into, um, for lack of a better term, it's almost like um, the way you write just kind of puts somebody in that that place or that headspace that you were in when you were writing it. And so it's, it just kind of becomes, I don't know, almost like a, almost like it's their thoughts going through as they're reading yours. So I just, I really appreciate She you. hears your voice as her <laughs> yes. inner monologue is what yes. she's saying. I, I have it's your voice. It's a little creepy. It's a little creepy right now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, someday I would love to make uh, some sort of audio thematic record like yes. a journey. Um, I'd also love to make like a music album someday in in my dream of dreams of the future. Um, and I'd love to work on directing and making films as well. I just love creating and I understand how to communicate with people in a, in a sense, That's in incredible. a sense, like Stanley Kubrick would communicate with people. Everyone would call him an asshole, but he <laughs> knows how to say what needs to be said. And he's won a couple Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> I love Stanley Kubrick. Sorry. I don't think I'm like Stanley Kubrick. I just, he just popped into my head. (laughs) So Austin, I wanted to give you an opportunity to maybe read a little bit from your uh, three stories and uh, let the listeners know what they have to look forward to. So this is not one of the fiction stories. This is when I go into the strange paranormal experiences of my life. 
And I'm just going in and describing what was happening at that time period. I love that. So several years later, I found myself in another Oregon house blessed by sun and moonlight, as well as haunted by forces from beyond our physical realm. I had moved into my sister's house, or more so crashed into its bare-bones sense of security. It was a house that told of abandoned dreams and quiet decay. Either way, I made it work for me and enjoyed some of my time there. The house was empty, aside from my sister and her chihuahua and I. In the attic, we found antique dresses and broken dishes. All around the house were neglected barns, from which we salvaged and cleaned furniture for my temple and bedroom. My sister hated that house, and I understand why. She spent hours filling holes in the woods so that mice couldn't chew their way in. The old windows let in the cold, but a huge pile of scrap wood provided just enough fire for the winter. It was also isolating being out in the country between two towns, stuck atop a little hill in an aging ramshackle house, generally alone. I more than understand why she hated that house. When we left, I pulled up a carpet tile and wrote, I'm gay, in blood red crayon, then placed the carpet neatly back for the next resident's delight or terror, depending on whether or not they're homophobic. It wasn't until I set up my temple in my designated studio space that I suddenly realized that I had found myself in an environment perfectly suited for the Abermelon's final rituals. By that time, I believe I was about 10 months in. In the middle of my room, I had marked out a magic circle with white tape and surrounded it with the sacred names of God. Against the northern wall stood my altar. On it were brass candlesticks, various wooden implements, including a wand and a ceremonial whip, and a large white statue of the goddess spilling forth an abundance of roses. Attached to the temple in the west was an arched old wooden door with, a, with glass panels through which you could enter a covered greenhouse area with a gravel floor used for smoking or, in my case, practice. I protected the threshold of the door with abermelon oil, a sort of magical herbal resinous concoction based off of ingredients from the Bible. This created a barrier or divide between energy, thereby acting as a portal into other planes, beyond which were to appear the unredeemed spirits, those spirits which wander the earth aimlessly and are sent toward the light by magicians or priests. They are seen as people who died in sin or shame or had some failed life task to reconcile. Their rulers are called, in the Abermelon ceremonies, by the names of the classic Abrahamic demons and organized into a hierarchy with different spirits being more capable of different tasks and effects. Humanity has given these spirits various names and forms to help explain complex entities to three-dimensional beings. Such flawed or accurate descriptions were recorded during medieval times in Hebrew or Latin manuscripts and after the invention of the printing press, and as literacy spread across Europe during the Renaissance, were translated to the vulgar tongue, aka English, for sorcerers and magicians to begin to once again study and experiment with. We are still studying them, and using them, and putting them to positive effect. In future times, people may look back on the Abrahamic God as a demon. All things change, and we are but children on this earth. I do not recommend people work with demons. I'll admit, there are times where a demon works quite well for causing a desired effect, but most of the time it isn't necessary. Keep in mind, also, that all things have both a good side and a bad side. If you want your life to be dark, face the darkness. If you want your life to be light, face the light. Ooh, that was really good. That was amazing. <laughs> and Thank so you. that's basically, uh, that's uh, kind of like a diary. So it's not only, it's three works of fiction plus some diary work. It's a lot. It's, um... Every all of the cream that's risen to the surface in in the last almost a decade of my life. 
So this and is like everything that most... is Austin Shippey. This is, yeah. this is his brain, his, his everyday, yeah, his a... works, his life, his dreams. Yeah, it's my baby. I put a baby on the cover. There's babies <laughs> in it. It's because um, it's a being. It's just gesticulated or gestated, I don't know, for years. And now it's born. That's incredible, Austin. And I can tell you that your voice is like butter. He better definitely do like something on Audible or something because I was... Thank you. I was just there. I was with you the whole way while you were reading. And I definitely think that I'd love to make an audible book. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> would, would you that. would you like to tell everybody where they can um, pre-order that book by Presidium or um, pick up the white room? You can buy all of my books on my website, austinshippy.com in the shop. You can buy them uh, signed there. And I'll send them out to you. Or you can buy them on Amazon. And three short stories based on dreams will be out within a manner of days. And once it's there, I'll announce it everywhere on social media. And you can buy it on Amazon. Right now, you can pre-order it on my website. And also from your website, which is Austin Shippey, S-H-I-P-P-E-Y.com, if you're trying to find it. Uh, you can follow Austin on all his social media sites. He has links to his YouTube, Instagram, um, Twitter, and also Facebook, correct? Yes. I have everything. <laughs> so follow him. You can, you can, he has his blog also on his website. So if you want to read his blog, you can read his blog there as well and take his class. Cause you have a, you offer a class on there that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. Yeah. It's um. so I think of the, uh, all of the correspondence courses you can sign up for to learn about magic. And I think about the uh, beginner books that bring you through the like 10 big steps of developing your, or stepping into the magical world. And this is my version, but it's um, my it's done in my way. I get to do it my way. It's um, done like more like the uh, teacher of the Key of Solomon several hundred years ago would teach the students. Not a lot is said. Most of it is felt and it's guided by language. Nice. It's the structure is um, explained through language. So it, it's something that can be uh spoken over the phone or written down through an email (laughs) so uh it's very versatile it kind of made sense and so i was like okay i guess i'll do that (laughs) (laughs) well one other thing i wanted to hit on before we get off here this night um which i kind of felt uh it was a little funny to me and i mean it wasn't funny because you know it was a good video but you were talking about like increasing your psychic intuition and you were talking about tarot cards and Mm -hmm. and of course i like to read tarot and i've uh, that was one of the first things that I got into and I collect all the cards. Uh, I'm totally in agreement with one of the, one of the key things that you said was learn the writer weight first, learn the cards. And then if you uh, want to like yeah. go somewhere else, then go somewhere else and read other cards because then you got a basic understanding and a knowledge and you can, you can pretty much pick up any deck if it calls to you. And after that, but mm-hmm. you got to learn the basics. That's, that's true for everything we've talked about tonight. If you're going to do it, you got to know the basics and the safety mechanisms that are built into that. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's a long... And the resources are there. People ask for help. Correct. And I'm sure if they reach out to you, you're more than welcome to, you know, offer your assistance as well. Because, you know, it was very easy to get a hold of you. So you weren't Mm -hmm. like, you know, one of those people who are like, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) Uh, No. Uh, Although one day I might disappear completely from the internet world and... You just be in the woods. PO box. Oh, PO box. I'm just going to be in the woods. Literally. Send it to the Oregon woods. And you're... A hundred years in the past. <laughs> so that could happen one day. Who knows? Well, what I was going to get that though, on the love of tarot, 
was that you said you used to work as a professional psychic. And you said, well, that's another video. But <laughs> I, too, used to work as a psychic for the oh, old yeah. Psychic Readers Network, which is, oh, my I don't gosh. even know if you know what that was. <laughs> Um, but it had Cleo. I don't know if you remember Cleo. She got in some I'll trouble. Miss Cleo. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I worked on that network. That's um, awesome. And, and I, I actually, I was really good at it. I really enjoy reading the cards, but I always felt awful at the end of a reading because yes. these people would call in and they lost someone. Yeah. Someone cheated on them. So they're paying three ninety nine a minute to talk mm -hmm. to me. And nine times out of ten, they don't even want me to read the cards. They just want to talk. And, and so yeah. I felt so guilty taking a quarter of, cause that's all we got paid was a quarter, a quarter a minute. So mm -hmm. out of three ninety nine, well, and I couldn't do it anymore. So then I started just offering yeah. my services for free mostly because I just wanted to keep my skills up. I completely understand that. I felt that way too. And readings are really hard for me. People, um, I, how I have enough sadness in my life on my own. <laughs> I like to help people in yes. different ways. I don't want to hear all the details. Correct. Of, the, of it. I want to help you um, as quickly as I can and, and I as effectively as I can. People right. try to turn to divination. And, and, you know, I like, I haven't, I have runes and, and all those, all different types of forms of divination I collect. I haven't used them all. Tarot is my, my really go-to because I, I'm comfortable with that. I know that. Um, I would love to, I got several rune sets that I would love to just try, but sometimes when I get into Norse mythology and, and reading <laughs> runes, it just blows my mind. Oh, Yeah. Uh, but I've gotten a powerful rune reading. Oh, you have? I know a lot of great psychics in New Orleans that they are psychic rock stars. Um, uh, go on Hex, uh, on any of the websites, the psychics there are rock stars. Really? Um, what people, I think, I understand what you were saying. It, the psychic reading is painful and you do have to have strong defenses. But people call into those things just because they want someone to Listen. speak to them on an emotional, yes. subconscious level. Absolutely. And they want you to speak your soul. Yes. Speak Which from your heart. I was really good at and it. And as long as you do that, people will be happy. I was really good at it. And, you know, because, okay, you could only talk to someone, I think, 45 minutes or something like that. It's like 45 minutes. And I'd be talking to these people. And then suddenly the call would say, well, the call has ended. So then it gives you like a cue to tell them, oh, if you want to continue this conversation to call back. And mm -hmm. then when you sit and you do the math, you're like, oh my God, please don't call back. Just, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, I, you know, if, I don't know. If you think about it, going to see a therapist could be more expensive. <laughs> That's true. That is somewhat <laughs> and true. These people aren't, um, ex these people aren't, uh, don't have degrees in psychology, but they're wise people. They're people who understand who, who can sit across from anyone in the world and understand their life and get on their level. So that shouldn't be underestimated and it should be well paid. Um, but I think as a, as a psychic, all we can do, it's the same that all um, commercial and movie and public service announcement directors can do, is you send them as much as they need to hear. Dump as much, as, much wisdom as, they, as applies to their life as you can and then send them away. Yes. Right. Well, and, and the first thing when I read for someone, the very first thing I tell them is the cards aren't static. You can change. This is yeah. one future. Futures are branching. If you stay mm -hmm. on a path, this is where you're most likely to end up. But this is not where you're going to end up unless you keep doing the same stuff you're doing. So mm -hmm. the whole point of getting a tarot card reading or some divination is to the knowledge that you have now from the reading. How do I apply that so that that's not 
what happens to me or if it was a good outcome, yeah. how do I continue to get to that outcome? Right. And that's invaluably useful. Yes. And that's why divination has been around that, since the dawn of time. Yeah. And some families, none of the members are psychic at all. Some families are completely emotionally and psychically turned off to each other. So I mean, that's a product there should of our be time. people that we can go to. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. But, I, you know, that's I just wanted to. Oh, the other part I was going to say, and you can it just this is a spiritual connection. So and, and Karen can attest to this. So after I quit working for the Psychic Readers Network, I thought, well, I'm going to I'll do it on my own. I can charge a, a, a reasonable rate so that I'm not ripping someone off. But at the same time, you know, it's reasonable. You, you're using mm-hmm. my time, which, you know, I think if you're a psychic and you charge reasonable rates, you deserve to get paid because that's an hour out of your life. Mm-hmm. And so you're helping someone. So you deserve to get money, not not three ninety nine a minute, but <laughs> you deserve to get money. So I was I I made all these business cards and I hadn't put anything out yet. I made this website that I hadn't even put up yet. And out of the blue, I get this call from this seventy year old woman, mm-hmm. and she says, "I heard that you read the tarot." <laughs> and I said, "Wow." Well, I do. And, you know, <laughs> this was my this was my whole voice. I'm like, well, I do, but I'm not sure how you heard. Who who mm-hmm. told you that? <laughs> and she's like, well, I just found this information. And I'm like, I don't know where you found my number. I mean, I do yeah. read them, but I haven't, you know, advertised yeah, yet. Yeah, because those things are, oh, yeah, that was before you even put anything Right, weird. right, right. And so I went ahead and I was like, you know what? I'll go ahead and do a reading for you. And I did this reading and this lady was the most lovely lady and she appreciated the reading so much and she wanted to mail me a check. And I was like, you know what? It was just my pleasure that we had a spiritual connection because there is no way you could have got my number. I don't know how you got my number, but something in this universe had you call me. And this was the old landline days. I didn't have a cell phone at that point in time. So I was going to say, because this is this is is like back before like you like cell phones were like two hundred and fifty dollars before Facebook for 30 minutes. You had a bag with a big antenna you put on your car, Austin. You probably don't even know what that's like, okay? You're so young. But anyway, I thought, you know, from one spiritual person to another, I wanted to that share that story with you. Because I, I think... I had that... a similar weird uh, similar weird experience. Actually, twice. I've gotten two very cool... One, one deck is like, there's no color, but there's a color version that you can buy, but I don't know if they make it anymore. Um, and I, someone gave me at a psychic fair a binder uh, that is like uh, electric typewriter typewritten all of the interpretations of the cards in detail. Oh, and they're in this little felt package. And it's like, I don't know if it belonged to the person who made the tarot deck or something like that. I don't know. Um, and I also got a old, really old Foss tarot deck. Oh, wow. tarot deck. Like one of the um, I was doing readings at a bar. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's pretty old. Wow. Yeah, it has a, the Golden Dawn packaging on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone just came up while I was doing readings at a bar and was like, I heard you were doing readings here and I want to give this to you. That's and um, cool. she said that it was from her son or something. Wow. And um, yeah, and then she left and left the bar. She didn't even buy anything. So I think maybe she thought they were haunted and wanted to just get rid of them. them to me there's that she myth. heard that Alistair Crawl was, a, was a, yeah. attached to those. And... Yeah. And she's like, Ooh, I need to give them to someone. There's that legend that you can't burn things or else the spirits will get released. So you used That's to what, read in the bar? Burn any of my books? Oh, yeah. Well, I did for a little bit. Oh, no. Let them burn it. Like, it see, buy them all. <laughs> buy all my books. They, Feel yeah, free to burn them. Buy, buy all my books and burn them. Yeah. Um, I'll make more. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Well, to, well, if they burn it, 
I'm thinking like maybe the spirit of it will come out and you know, <laughs> give them a frighten in the night. Speaking of frighten the night, let's let let's one more final point uh, because I I almost forgot about this. Um, but you, I did a I said we did this a long time ago. Karen and I we did a tarot election mm-hmm. thing before Donald Trump was elected, and <laughs> you know it was a weird. I used a weird deck. It was some angel deck that Doreen Virtue had done, and everything was positive and you know smoke up your butt kind of cards. <laughs> uh, which obviously, looking back, it was the probably the worst deck for what I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, funny enough, here we are four years into his term and. He's probably at the most pivotal hated point, even from people who used to support him are no longer supporting him. And I just want to know. Finally, I, I posted people dying. No, to I, I agree. Support him. I agree. Exactly. But I posted a month, two months ago about, I think um, the witchcraft community was getting together and they were binding, trying to bind him to bind his evil so that he couldn't affect the world, uh, you, you know, protect the world from him essentially. And, I know, I think you did you do a binding ritual as well um trying to protect uh, I did not directly on Donald Trump but anyone who infringes on what the video says Donald Trump uh, <laughs> <laughs> But maybe it's working maybe you know people are finally seeing through that veil of uh, crazy. I mean I try not to be political on the show but but I just think I have you here so <laughs> So yeah let's put him out there Let's <laughs> Do you think it's working? Do you think, because this was a worldwide initiative. This is just the States. This is people across the world who have um, Mm -hmm. seen his dangers and have decided to do this movement. And thousands of people have uh, joined in. So do you feel like it's making a difference? I think this was just the inevitable course of action. Um, Mm -hmm. I think magic makes a difference in um, uh, first a very psychic astral sense that's where the changes start to align and then that affects everyone in the country in the world uh, energy can transfer at an instant correct and or it could also take um, years but um you begin to activate the proper energy and i mean i don't i don't necessarily believe that i i don't believe that um people like doing spells together on skype is any <laughs> different than people doing the spells separately right correct um but uh I believe the powers do have a physical effect and that they're working in subtle ways. And I know I can say if there are scientists who say that's impossible, I can say the people who watch my video were affected by it. So there's physical mm-hmm. change. And the power of intention in numbers, I think, is where I'm trying to go with it. So mm-hmm. it's not just one or two. It's thousands. Of and course. Thousands. Yeah. So once those energies are raised, it's going to affect something. Mm hmm. And it's released and it's out there, like you just said. But regular society doesn't think that's true. Regular society thinks we're kooks. (laughs) I am a kook. And we're talking about... um, And I'm okay with that, Austin. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I prefer it. That's right. I always said that, you know, if if you want to call someone crazy, you can call me crazy because I don't want to be boring. And I'd rather be crazy than boring any day. That's true. I mean, if you are, you are. (laughs) No avoiding it. That's true. Well, Austin, this has been a great program. I've enjoyed talking to you very, very much. This and I think Karen has too. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Thank you so much. And I hope that um, after your book comes out, that you'll grace us with your presence again. And Please. And, <laughs> I would love to. And hopefully um, one day we can actually meet and do a, you know, a real face-to-face podcast or yeah. um, video 
which would be amazing. And so, I'm I, available for podcasts any time, any day of the week. Wonderful. <laughs> and let me plug your, your website one more time. Um, so everyone, you can follow Austin by going to his website, Austin Shippy. That's A U S T I N S H I P P E Y dot com. And from there, you can follow all his social media links. You can buy his books. He also said they're available on Amazon if you prefer to just buy them at Amazon. I'm sure he he prefer it you buying it at his website because I'm sure that you probably get a, a better royalty from your website than you do from Amazon. Um, I'm no. not sure actually. It's about the same. It's about the same. So oh, either way, uh, oh, never mind. I increased I increased the price because I signed them. Oh, oh that's right. Myself, so you can so. get an autographed copy <laughs> so, of his yeah, website. I, yeah. I, so I probably get a little bit. Yeah, I don't really do the math. Well, <laughs> but either way, it's more about the symbolism. You of the still have to pay the rent, Austin. You still have to pay the rent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you very much for coming on. It's been great. Um, and, and like Karen said, hopefully sometime down the road we can have you back on again, and and uh, maybe you can do a Zoom call sometime and invite us on. We, you know, we're always available too at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you very All much. All right, I'll think about that. Yeah, thank you for having me on. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Um, I love the questions and conversation. I love talking about these things. So very and, thankful, very grateful. And it, it's it's knowledge people need to know. It, it's, you know, it's not yeah, a it's scary thing. It it's not a scary thing. It kind of is scary. <laughs> 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 I don't think we're naturally meant to go super far into the spirit world while we're living. But I think that our ancestors had a way better grasp on it and how it interacts with the physical world. Right, right. Through religion. And spiritual movements. Yeah. All right. But it is important. I do agree. It's very important. Yes. We should all have a spiritual life of some sort, connecting to each other. The more you know. I agree. The more you know. <laughs> Kumbaya, my <laughs> That's all the time we have for this episode. As always, we thank you for listening to The Dragon's Nest. Please follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Dragon's Nest PC. That's Dragon's, with an S, Nest, PC for podcast. We are on YouTube, so please like, subscribe, and hit that bell. You can listen and follow us on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google, iTunes, and at our host site, SoundCloud. To search for us, just search The Dragon's Nest. That's the, T-H-E, Dragons with an S, Nest. If you would like to share a story with us or have ideas you'd like to hear in a future show, please send an email to thedragonsnest at outlook.com or call and leave us your story at 513-549-3049. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time inside the Dragon's Nest.